Ah, mercy. Thank you, thank you, thank you, God. Thank you for grace. Thank you for the resurrection. Thank you for your love. What a mighty God we serve. Man, who doesn't love a great story? And Easter is the culmination of all the great stories. As you watch those four biblical characters, what I think one of the most creative things we've ever done to show God's love, it was off the chart. Was there one of those characters that maybe you aligned with a little more than the others? For me, I really lined up more with the woman caught in adultery because she was trapped in sin and shame and guilt. That's where God found me. I was trapped in sin and drugs and addiction and and, and hatred and anger. And, and when I met Jesus, he didn't condemn me. He didn't reject me. He accepted me just like he accepted her. And 40 years later, I am still in awe of this great, marvelous, incredible, supernatural God. Come on, somebody. That's right. Come on. And what what we've been praying for for months is that you'll see the grace and mercy and love of the Most High God. And not just for others, it's really easy to believe that God loves other people, but that God loves you right where you're at. You say, but hey, wait just a second, Pastor. You just don't understand. I don't deserve that. Hey, flash, none of us do. That's why it's called grace, getting what we don't deserve, and mercy, not getting what we do. It's just incredible. And so, Father God, we come to you. In this day, we celebrate the resurrection of your son from that grave, power over sin and death and the demonic. And God, we're so ecstatic and excited. And so, God, I pray that today that hundreds of people have their eyes open like never before. They'll see you and they'll see a relationship with you and they will never be the same. Visit us with that same resurrection power is our prayer in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. Great to see you. Welcome to all of our campuses. God behind bars, whether you're online or later, if you're at one of our campuses, and man, if you're at Pell and you're in one of the, and you're in some of the overflow or you're out in the foyer, we're just thrilled you're here. And I know it's packed and it ought to be packed in the house of God every weekend. Come on, somebody. So we're thrilled that you chose to worship with us this weekend. We take it as an incredible privilege and a responsibility. You could have been anywhere, you could have gone anywhere you wanted to, but you came here and we added services and we added things because we created this day with you in mind for your heart and your soul to be transformed. Our theme for this year is transformation because we believe the hands that hold you, mold you. Who's molding your life? Who's molding your heart? Who's molding your future? Now, as we were working on this message, we really thought that, that there are a lot of people that love to know more about Jesus, really love to know more about the Bible. And maybe you've tried, and it's so complicated, and religion is so restrictive, and church seems so impersonal. And maybe you're not sure how do this God stuff actually fits into your story. But what if your story, just think for a minute, what if your story was leading up to this 
very moment. Maybe you've already had a religious chapter in your past, in your history. Well, let me put you at peace. We believe God hates religion. Because see, religion is people trying to perfect themselves, trying to do enough good so that God will say, you can come to my heaven. And God hates religion. The Bible says that salvation is by grace through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, not as a result of our work, so that no one could boast that they did it on their own. Religious pages really are dry and boring. Religious pages really are full of dogmas and do's and don'ts, and religion's pages are so confusing. And I'm sorry for what some of you have experienced in the name of God in your past. If you give us a little trust this weekend, just a little, and I don't even, not even that we deserve it, if you'll give us just a little trust, we believe this good news story is anything but boring. And it is actually so simple. And the climax of this incredible story is Jesus exploding out of that tomb on Resurrection Sunday and opening up the door of heaven saying, all that will may come in. Come on in, the water's fine. Come on in, that's what Jesus said. And so we hope this Easter will literally turn the page for your story as we look at it as a story, as at, at a story, the story that's as old as time, a truth that maybe you'll see it in a new light, this Bible. So let me give you a thought. If you're listening, Sam, Easter didn't solve our problem. Easter solved God's problem. See, God had a problem. Let me, let me, let me explain that. If you go through back through the pages of eternity, you'll find God in heaven in perfect harmony and peace by himself. He didn't need anything. There was the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. They were three, and yet they were one. And God, in his infinite love and wisdom, decided he wanted, he wanted to give some of his love away. And so he had more love to give and wanted an outlet for his incredible, amazing love. So what does God do? God makes the universe. God speaks the universe into existence. And by the way, the universe is still being created north, south, east, and west because the voice of God is still traveling. That's why the Hubble scope, nobody can get to the edge of the universe because it is just continually expanding because that's how God created it. So he made this little bitty tiny planet called Earth and he put this dude and this chick named Adam and Eve in this garden that was heaven on earth. It was amazing, it was pure, there was innocence, there was love, and it was awesome. And every day God came down in the cool of the evening and hung out with Adam and Eve. It was awesome. How long did it last? We don't know. Was it a day, a month? Five millennia, we don't know, but that's the way it was. What, 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 why did, and, and just like God made Adam and Eve to love them, listen, he made you for the same reason. The Bible says you're fearfully and wonderfully made. The Bible says before you live today, I put all your days in my book. Over and over and over, God made you, God created you. I don't care what anybody's told you, you're not a mistake. God made you like you are. He loves you. Come on, somebody. He loves you. Now, you may not love yourself. You may say, my nose is too big, or I got this kinky hair. I'm, 
you know, I got this, or I'm too short, or I'm too fat, or I'm too, I'm too, I'm too. No, God made you and God loves you. But like any other incredible story, enter the villain. Satan comes into the garden, tempts Adam and Eve. Their Bible was a three-by-five card. Don't eat the tree in the middle of the garden. That's it. That was it. And what happened? Sin entered, and innocence was lost. Now, innocence being lost wasn't the worst consequence of their rebellion. The worst consequence was intimacy and fellowship with God was now severed because sin severs our connection to a perfect, holy, triune, majestic, all-powerful God. And let's all be honest. The Bible says in Romans 3, 3, all of us, every one of us has sin and comes short of the glory of God. If you don't believe everybody is a sinner, let me tell you what I know, you haven't had kids yet. Because when you have those little sinful suckers, you'll understand that they are born sinners. Are you with me? They're born liars. They're born thieves. Nobody has to teach your two-year-old how to lie. Did you take that? Nope. Are you with me? Nobody. They're just it's standard equipment. And so Adam and Eve blew it. They sinned, and God shows up. God came, kills an animal, a sacrifice, makes clothes to cover them. And even in their rebellion... Their disobedience, God still loved them, just like we love our kids when they disobey. And he promised in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, he said, I will put an enmity between you and the woman, talking to the devil, between your seed and her seed, and he shall bruise you on the head, and you shall bruise him on the heel. Even in the garden, God promised, I'm going to make a way. Christmas God decided to fix, it, fix his problem and come here and pay all the price of your sin because we lost dominion in the garden and God is gonna give us dominion back. God wants a relationship back. So God comes to solve his, his, our sin problem so that we could have intimacy and fellowship with him. Why did he do it? Why did he cover up all of our sins? Why did he wash this way? So he could hang out with you like he hung out with Adam and Eve before they botched it. Are you with me? That's it. The Father was restoring intimacy for us. Remember, he created you. He made you in your mother's womb to love you, not to destroy you or condemn you. He made you to love you. So he had to solve his problem, which was our sin, that severed our relationship, did God need us? No. Was God sufficient within himself? Yeah, he was not hungry. He's not broke. He doesn't need, but he wanted a relationship with us. He wanted to pour out his love on us. So his problem was our sin. Our problem is our unbelief. So we are engulfed, come on, with guilt and shame, and without God's forgiveness, we will run and hide from God. When I was 15, I left home. My, my mom could not control me. And as I walked out the front door, she stopped. She said, you can't leave. You're only 15. I said, I'm an adult. <laughs> Can we all say estupido in Spanish? And so she, this is what she did. I'll never forget. She smacked me. And then she said this, Chris, you will never let anybody love you. And here's the deal. I couldn't let anybody love me because I didn't love me. 
I was guilty. I felt shame. I was abandoned by my dad. I wanted a dad. Everything in me was jacked up. Are you, are you with me? See, I couldn't love or receive love because I didn't love me. What if you woke up every morning and just basked in the simple fact that God made you to love you? Before you got out of bed, before you put your feet on the floor, you just sit there or lay your head saying, God, you love me today. It's going to be a pretty incredible day. I can't wait to get up. You love me. You love me. See, experiencing his love enables us to love him, others, and ourselves. Jesus said the second greatest commandment is love your neighbor as yourself. Many of us can't love our neighbor because we don't love us. Many of us, our relationships are all jacked up and we look at everybody around us without looking in the mirror because we don't love us. We can't let anybody love us and we can't love anybody else. See, the Bible says this. It doesn't say just that God loves. It says actually God is love. He's the the personification of this verb, this action which is love. Romans 5, but God demonstrated, proved, shown, showed his love for us that while we were sinners, Jesus died for us. 1 John 1, 9, we don't love God because God's cool or awesome. We love God because he first loved us. Are you with me? He took the initiation. He took the first step. This, this Bible is a library of 66 books that we call the Bible And there are two main themes in this book. Number one is God loving us, and number two is us continually walking away from God. Adam and Eve walked away. Israel walked away. The church so often walks away. Man, we have walked away. We run. God runs to us, and we stiff God. Yet he desires us, and he continues to seek us. I love the story in Luke 15 of the prodigal. The prodigal tells his father, I wish you were dead. Give me my inheritance. The father gives him a third of his estate. He parties. He has to Vegas. He's there. We don't know how long, but he's just partying. And he runs out of money. And then he began to be hungry. And the Bible says that he, that he hired himself out to a man in that community, when it was a Gentile community, because he was slopping the hogs. In a good Jewish community, there are no hogs. Are you with me? I just got back from Israel. First thing I wanted when I got back to America, bacon. There are no hogs in a good, in a good Israeli city. And the Bible says he longed to be fed from the, from the slop the hogs were eating. And then he came to his senses. said, my father has hired men that live better than I do. I'm going to go home. I'm going to repent. I'm going to tell my father, no longer worthy to be your son. Made me a hired man. He makes a long trip back, torn up robe, no sandals, all not face drawn. The father sees him, just a shadow of what he was when he left healthy. And the father runs to the son. He doesn't walk, he runs. He girds up his robe and he runs. And as he gets near the father, the son begins his repentance speech, father, I've sinned. And about that time, the father grabs him up. Says, bring a ring for his finger, bring a robe for his body, bring new sandals for his shoes, kill the fatted calf, because we want to party up here in the house, because my son that was dead is now alive. He that was gone has come home. And listen, that is the posture of our heavenly father, waiting, drawing, longing, loving, drawing us to him. And when we, when we come through repentance to him, let me tell you, there's a party, the Bible says, in heaven.
It's incredible. The woman caught in adultery. What we see, we see a repentance and a restoration. We see Lazarus dead, he's resurrected. We see Peter denial, he's restored. We see the man on the cross, he is redeemed. He didn't go to church, he didn't pray. All he said was, forgive me, Jesus didn't do anything we deserve. We're guilty, and Jesus said, today you'll be with me in paradise. Now, if you've ever been abandoned, then you know how God feels. My dad left when I was three. I had, a, I had a father hole in my heart. But even when we abandon God, he doesn't abandon us. He created us to love us. He made you to love you. See, a faith promise, we're not about religion. We're about a life-giving, transforming relationship with the resurrected King of kings and Lord of lords who loves you and wants to walk with you. And that begins with the repentance, with just the repentance, just like all those others, just like the four biblical characters, it's, it, it, we, because we've all sinned. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God's raised from the dead, you'll be saved. For the mouth confession, uh, for the heart man believes resulting righteousness, or the mouth we confess resulting in salvation. Here's the question. If you're ready, say, I'm ready. How do you want your story to end? in a relationship with heaven, are separated from him. Because that is the question that pierces like a javelin through eternity. It is the great dividing line. So where do you go? So what about it today? If you're ready, I'm gonna lead us in just a repentance prayer. Simple repentance prayer. Much like some of those that we saw pray. And we're, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask the, even those that are born again to, to pray with us because we're going to lend you our faith. So if you're ready to turn like the woman, to turn like Peter, to turn to that voice like Lazarus, and to turn like that thief on the cross, Jesus stands ready. Come unto me, all you that are laboring and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. So with every head bowed, all of our campuses and every eye closed, come on, pray this simple prayer with me. Dear Jesus, I know I've sinned, we're separated, forgive me. I confess you as Lord. I put my faith in you. By grace, I receive your gifts, forgiveness, salvation, and adoption. Now the heads bowed and eyes closed. If you prayed that simple prayer with me, and you just ask the Lord to, to come into your heart. Would you just slip up your hand and say, Pastor, I prayed that prayer with you. Just slip it up. Hey, I prayed that prayer with you. Holy moly, all over the room, I prayed that prayer with you. Okay, there's no, come on, look up here. Just, you're gonna put them down. There's no way for the ushers to get all the hands. They were all over the room. Come on, somebody in the house. My soul. In every other seat, there's a card like this. So if you just prayed that prayer with me, if you'll take, put your name and phone number and circle letter A, I absolutely gave my life to Jesus today. Now, if you gave your life to Jesus today, I'm gonna encourage you to go ahead and circle letter B, which says I'm gonna get baptized today or I'm gonna get my baptism on the right side of my salvation because salvation comes and then baptism. I was sprinkled, I found out when I was 30 something years old as an infant 
had a gentleman Thursday night said, hey, or Friday night said, I was sprinkled. I was immersed tonight. And he said, I feel so clean. We've had people baptize every service. And, if, and so, man, it is, it is just a step, a mark. Maybe letter C is for you. Hey, I'm new, not sure about this, but I'm open to, for a conversation. One of our pastors will call you. Or letter D, you're smoking crack. That's okay. Not smoking crack is okay, but it's okay that <laughs> you're not. I, listen, the preacher didn't say I could smoke crack today. I'm not interested. Listen, that's okay. Because, listen, can I tell you something? You can't make us not love you, and you can't make us not pray for you. Because we're going to keep loving you and praying for you until you see how good God is. We're going to keep doing this stuff. We're going to keep doing it. Now, we're ready for baptism. You say, well, I didn't come ready. Well, we knew you'd be here, so we got shorts, T-shirt, hair dryers. We got everything. All of our campuses are set up. We're, we're, we're except our God behind bars campuses. We're ready for you. And so you say, well, man, I don't understand that. Salva- ba- after salvation comes baptism. It's like a wedding ring. If I lose this wedding ring, will I still be married? Sure, I'll be in trouble. But I'll be married. It just shows that I, it lets the world know I'm taken, I'm married to Michelle. Now, there, in the Old Testament, there was a sign that we were gods. It was circumcision. I like baptism better. <laughs> so if you really want to get Old Testament on this side, we have some gentlemen with some gloves and some scissors. We call that the snip ministry. That'll be over there. Over here. <laughs> get, you... <laughs> It's, it's too late, Matt. It's too late. Are y'all having fun in the house of God this weekend? Man. So here's the deal. If you say, hey, Romans 6, 4 I, says that we are buried with Christ in baptism like unto his death, and we are raised to walk in the newness of the Father, like the glory. So if you're either you were, you were saved, you were baptized and saved, you had me baptized after, you just prayed to receive Christ, you want to go public, you want to put the uniform on, then we're going to give you an opportunity. In just a second, I'm going to count to three. There are people at the back doors. They'll be waving at you. When I say three, we're all going to jump up at every campus, and you're going to head out. We're going to worship some more, and then we're going to see you baptized, and then when the services, time is over. We're going to keep baptizing, and family members will come forward, and the rest of us will leave because there's another herd of people that are coming at 11.45. Are you with me? Is that all hearts and minds? Are you ready? You're not ready. Are you ready? Here we go. Count to three. Up and out. You ready? One. Come on. Two. 